Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! What a pass! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. Absolutely thrilled to be here. You know, everything that I was expecting coming into the city and coming into the football club has been matched and more. Action and reaction. I think you probably saw on the pitch that there was a lot that we'd worked on in a short space of time. I think it's really good positive signs for the future. Certainly really excited to be playing under him and excited for what we can achieve this season now. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's been immensely frustrating to still be in League One after six years. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the Championship. Stalemate at the Sitzel as the Blues failed to become the first team to beat Lincoln City on their own turf in the league this season. Ogilvy is going to head that back forward. Piggott with a flick on. Colby Bishop is onside. Colby Bishop oh. over the bar. What a chance. That should have been the winner. A golden opportunity squandered by the usually reliable Colby Bishop on Saturday, meaning Pompey remained 10th in League One. Despite dropping points at the weekend, head coach John Messino is looking at the positives. Probably a, a pretty faultless performance, so it's really good to have that squad depth and be able to change players from a Tuesday to a Saturday and, and then move seamlessly into the side. So, no win for the men this time around, but it was another maximum points hole for the Pompey women and another clean sheet for goalkeeper Hannah Horton. Cheltenham were quite good with the ball. They did pose a threat through the wide areas and set pieces. But like I said, defensively, everybody was resolute, they were strong, and we got the job done, so happy days. We'll also hear what head coach Jay Sadler had to say after the full-time whistle yesterday afternoon. It was a game we started really bright. Um, we took the game to Cheltenham. I think we pressed them really well. We won a lot of first and second balls, especially in central areas, and we created a load of chances throughout the whole game. 81400 is our text number here at Express FM. Start your messages with the word express and include your name at the end as well. If you've got anything you'd like to add between now and 7 o'clock, whether it's a comment from the men's stalemate with Lincoln on Saturday or even the women's victory over Cheltenham Town on Sunday. Otherwise, you can email sport at expressfm.com, tweet using at expressfm or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Plenty to get through between now and seven o'clock a very good evening and welcome to the football hour this is the football hour 93.7 express fm once again a very good evening and welcome to 93.7 express fm for another edition of the football hour supported as ever by stagecoach across the south you can visit their website right now stagecoachbus.com for even more information on the services they can provide to you in your area. So as you've just heard, we want to hear from you guys back home whether you've got any thoughts from the weekend's action for both the Pompey men or the Pompey women or anything you'd like to add, any questions to the panel or any comments looking into the final stages of this season for the Blue Army. And between now and 7 o'clock, as you've just heard, we'll hear from John Bassino, Hannah Horton and Jay Sadler as well. However, before we get to any of that, in a slight change to the schedule on the football this evening to what we'd usually do, we're going to welcome our guests onto the onto the show before we go anywhere else. And we start off this evening with uh, Mr. Josh Sweetman returning to the football this evening. Josh Sweetman, a very good evening to yourself and thank you very much for calling in tonight. Pleasure as always, Jake. 
So let's go back to Saturday, first of all, then, Josh, just very quickly before we do move on, because we've got something else to discuss before that. Um, it was a nil-nil draw for Pompey against the Lincoln side, who, given the fact that it's now towards the end of February, they are still unbeaten on home turf in the league this season. So whilst frustrating, Josh, it's on paper not actually a bad point. I think on paper, it, it, you can look at it two ways, can't you? I don't think it's a bad point when you look at their record. But, I mean, if you take that Lincoln performance over 90 minutes, I'd struggle to see how they're unbeaten. Uh, they're very, very resolute at the back, very good defensively. But I think other than them hitting the crossbar once, I can't really remember them troubling us. I, I came away from that game actually thinking that there are plenty of positives in the way that um, John Mussini has tried to take an approach to us playing. There's plenty of positives on the on the pitch with some of the players. So, yeah, I, th- I think ultimately disappointed that we didn't win, especially with the chance we missed late on, but plenty of positives to take from the performance. Yeah. And alongside yourself, Josh, this evening, we have Sam Macy also calling in uh, to the show tonight. Sam, a pleasure as always. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jake. Always happy to come on the show. So, again, referring back to Saturday, it, it was, again, on paper, not a bad point. But as Josh has quite rightfully alluded to, it does seem like a big, big opportunity missed for Pompey, given the chances in the game and the potential of becoming that first side to beat Lincoln on their own turf this season. Plenty of positives to take from that one. Yeah, I think you look at that chance for Bishop as he's going through... Um... Yeah, it's, it, it, you'd, you'd normally back him nine times out of ten to stick that way. It's just, it's just a shame that that was the one which he, which he missed. Um, yeah, it's on paper not a bad point, but but like Josh said, I think we that we we could have got something from that. We should, we could have got the three points, and I don't think they're going to be unbeaten for much longer. No. Okay, we will be talking more about that game on Saturday uh, between Pompey and Lincoln City in just a few moments' time. But now some uh, news to bring to you, sort of. We spoke about it in brief on Friday's edition of the Footblower. The news was quite uh, new um, in in respect to that show uh, on Friday evening. We didn't have too much time to talk about that with everything else we had going on. But uh, as you may already know by now, Pompey fans, that Portsmouth Football Club have appointed uh, John Musino's assistant head coach and that is John Harley so the pair of Johns will be in the dugout for the remainder of the season and beyond for Pompey the 43 year old um, you may remember actually had a spell with Portsmouth in the 2011-2012 season in League One making 26 appearances for the Blues before uh, moving on and retiring at hometown club Maidstone United he's been with the Chelsea development side for the last 10 years and uh, head coach John Messino has been talking about his arrival to Max Watton. Well, John, the appointment of John Harley as your assistant head coach, how pleased are you to bring him into the club? Yeah, absolutely delighted. Uh, we, you know, we took our time and made sure that we uh, you know, got the process right in terms of recruiting for the assistant head coach position. And I know everybody's been really keen to see who's coming in. And so hopefully John signals the you know, exciting appointment that, uh, that he is. And, and we're really happy to have him in the building. How crucial is his background in youth development for the club moving forward? Yeah, it was an important factor, a really important factor. And, and he's now had 10 years working with some of the best young talents in the country and developing them to an excellent level. And he's got a really good track record of doing that whilst managing teams at that level as well. Uh, and, you know, he's also had to have the pressure of winning games. So I think there's a really good combination that we're, we're getting there. Um, but, you know, you've probably heard from a lot of people over the past few weeks about the, the direction that the club is, is looking to take with, um, with bringing young, exciting talents in and, and trying to develop them for the betterment of the football club. And that's what John has... 
pretty much done for the last 10 years. So that is John Harley, the former Pompey defender, now 43-year-old. As we just mentioned, there has been with the Chelsea development side for the past decade. Now is John Musino's assistant head coach at Fratton Park. And let's now gather the thoughts of both Josh and Sam on that one, starting off with yourself, Josh. Um, we were talking actually a few weeks ago on the Football Hour following the arrival of John Musino and the news that had broke following onwards from that and the search for his assistant was going to last uh, a number of weeks to get the right person in to the dugout to assist him. In your opinion, is John Harley the right man to do that? I, I, to be honest, I think it's I, I think it's a good appointment on paper. You're going to have a lot, and I mean a lot of Pompey fans complaining that he doesn't perhaps have the experience that some were looking for. Obviously, you take John Mussino not being experienced really at all, so people might have been hoping that an older head that's been around the game a bit more. But to be honest, if, yes, maybe we'd wanted a little bit more experience, but you wouldn't be coaching with Chelsea under-23s if you're not highly rated or if you're not highly thought of. And on the other hand, if if somebody's experienced you got and they're not in the job, they're available, then you've got to be asking why they're not in a job already. So I think it, I think it's a very good appointment. You look at some of the players he's brought through at Chelsea, um, and that's clearly the way that the, the club want to go. So on paper, I think it ticks a lots of lots of boxes for me, especially. Yeah, and everyone does have to start somewhere. Sam, we again, as, as Josh quite rightfully mentioned there, with the John Messino appointment within itself. But with John Harley, he has been working with one of the Premier League giants for over a decade now. Champions League winners, Premier League winners. Okay, he's not been on the forefront um, in, in regards to the first team, but certainly developing the younger talent coming through into that side and now progressing on to onto senior football uh, within the Football League. Do you think, Sam, as well, that maybe his experience, albeit uh, a very short one uh, with Pompey previously, might be able to assist him within his new role? I mean, I think that's the way the game's going, especially in sort of uh, League One, League Two. Um, clubs are looking to a point from sort of Premier League setups, and, and if you've got the assistant of, of an under twenty three manager coming in, and I think that fits the mould. You look at someone like Kieran McKenna at Ipswich. He was uh, obviously he was a under twenty three manager, and he's been excellent. And I think if you're looking to get an assistant, that fits the mould and sort of the trend which the game's going in. Um, if you look at sort of Pompey's own managerial search, someone like Ian Foster, who who we w- were linked with, who was, was sort of of a similar ilk from from obviously the England under twenty side, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, it's a very clever appointment by the club. I don't think I, I think a lot of people are expecting it to be sort of like an older, sort of more experienced head, but I think this fits the mould. Um, and clearly, John Musini has got a lot of faith in him, and I think that's that's what we've got to understand that if as long as he's happy with the team he's got around him then we should be as fans as well and uh, mm. um, yeah I say just 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 give him a bit of time and, and hopefully it will sort of click yeah and speaking about the appointment of his assistant John Messino to uh, one of our friends and colleagues from BBC Radio Solon Andy Moon um, saying that I met John on the pro licence when I started a little over two years ago him and I struck up an instant report and I knew from an early stage how good he was um, John Messino there uh, speaking about John Harley to Andy Moon, separate from that conversation with Max uh, Swatton there. Josh, do you think as well that maybe the, the experience he's had previously, getting to know John on a bit of a personal basis, it, it's all well and good picking, you know, assistant head coaches or former coaches um, from other teams that have got maybe a bit more of an experience, a bit more of a CV um, against their name, but having that personal connection between the two Johns might actually prove uh, to be even more beneficial for Pompey in the long run. 
Oh, 100%. And I, I think at the end of the day, again, as, as Sam said, like people would have wanted an experience, maybe a bit more experience, but I think you have to look at it. This almost wasn't the club's appointment. It wasn't Cullen's appointment. It would have been Mousinho's choice who he wanted as assistant manager. I don't think the club were going to give him a list and say, you're here, pick from this. But it would have been John going to the club and saying, if he's applied, this is who I want. And mm. yeah, you could have somebody that you don't know come in and try and completely drill into players, something that isn't your philosophy or perhaps not the way you want to play. So clearly getting to know John Harley during his time uh, doing the UEFA badges, um, yeah, if they built up an instant rapport, then it's going to be somebody that you trust. And ultimately, you have to trust your assistant to, uh, and because they're going to work together every day of the week. Yeah. Well, there you have it then. John Harley, the 43-year-old former Pompey defender, has joined John Musino as his assistant at Thratton Park uh, for uh, the future and onwards, as far as, of course, John Musino remains in that role in the dugout for Pompey. OK, so from that now and on to Saturday's game, let's remind ourselves of how it all went down at the LNER Stadium. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot and scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. And just as Ross Joyce checks with both goalkeepers and then gets us underway here at Sinsalbad and Lincoln take over possession and immediately send a long ball over the top and there's real danger for Pompey here. Lincoln are in and Lincoln have missed! chance, it's Diamond, Pompey opened up so easily, thankfully for Portsmouth, still 0-0, here's Diamond breaking into the box for Lincoln, danger for Pompey, Diamond against Towler, Diamond shot across the face of goal, and that one's missed the far post by inches, 0-0 here they come now with Dale into the penalty area, what can Dale do, driving towards the dead ball line, trying to pull it back, loose in the area, Lane took a swing at it, it's there for Tunnicliffe, and he slashed it wide from 12 yards out well that's not a great header from Owen Dale at the back and Rafferty has taken one for the team against Diamond and he's furious with Owen Dale he's not going to dispute that that's a clear yellow card but he felt he had no option but to bring Diamond down given the circumstances Ogilvy is going to head that back forward take it with a flick on Colby Bishop is onside Colby Bishop over the bar what a chance that should have been the winner Bishop can't win it Curtis might get there it's Curtis and it's saved by Rushworth that's a really good bit of goalkeeping to deny Ronan Curtis there is the full time whistle at Sinsel Bank where it's finished Lincoln City nil Portsmouth nil Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. So goalless draw it was for the Blues uh, at Sinsel Bank on Saturday. Let's go through the other results from the weekend in League One. Then Accrington Stanley were 1-0 victors over Shrewsbury Town. Bristol Rovers were defeated on home soil by Burton Albion. Two goals to one in that one. Cambridge United 1, Oxford United 0, Cheltenham Town 0, Barnsley 4. Derby County 2, Charlton Athletic 0, Ipswich Town 4, Forest Green Rovers 0, Morecambe 0, Peterborough United 3, Plymouth Argyle 0, Fleetwood Town 0, elsewhere Port Vale 1, Exeter City 0, Sheffield Wednesday 5, MK Dons 2 and finally Wickham Wanderers 1, Bolton Wanderers 
nil. Which leaves the League One table looking a bit like this. Another change in hands at the top as Sheffield Wednesday leapfrog Plymouth Argyle to go top of the Skybet League One table on 68 points, level on points with the Pilgrims. They've also got 68 points down in second. However, Sheffield Wednesday have played one game fewer. Ipswich Town remained third on 60 points with Bolton Wanderers, Derby County and Barnsley making up the remainder of the playoff positions. Pompey after the 0-0 draw with Lincoln remain in 10th position. 10 wins, 12 draws and 8 defeats for the Blues so far this season. And down at the bottom, Forest Green Rovers still without a win. Uh, they are bottom of the table with 22 points, 8 points away from safety. Joined alongside Morecambe, Cambridge United and MK Dons. Accrington Stanley just outside, uh, however, with two games in hand on the sides below them. So we've already spoken about the appointment of John Harley as Musino's uh, assistant. Uh, Sam, but now back properly to the 0-0 draw with Lincoln City on Saturday. We've spoken about the game overall at the top of the show, but we we can't really shy away from the fact that it it perhaps should have been a victory for Pompey. Most notably, the chance in the second half for Colby Bishop, where he just just skied it, and and that looked probably easier easier to score than miss. Yeah, it was a bit weird, sort of, the way he took it. It was almost like he was caught in two minds when it was sort of, smash it as hard as he could sort of like Darwin Nunes did against uh, Newcastle on the weekend or sort of try and dink it and in the end he sort of just did neither and almost like just like I don't even know what he did but it went so high over the bar and it's so unlike him because he's normally so so calm in those no, no sort of situations like I can't think of any any real chances this season where I've been like oh I don't I, I, he should have done a lot better with that but yeah. it's yeah very uncharacteristic and I think if, if we as fans could have had anyone in that position it would have been Colby and it's just frustrating that, that it's the one which which we needed to go in didn't. Um, I think we had other chances. Obviously, the Ronan Curtis one a couple of minutes later was was another another good chance for us. But yeah, I think on the balance of play, we probably did did deserve the three points. And it's just it's just frustrating that we couldn't couldn't take those chances. Yeah. Okay, Sam. Thank you very much. More from Sam and more from Josh and myself in the next part of the show. When we return, we'll hear once more from John Musino. This time, talking about his team's performance at Central Bank on Saturday. As the game, you know, panned out, I, I didn't think that you know, I didn't think that Lincoln were, were particularly able to deal with the threat of, of us on the ball and, and our attacking shape. And, and it, it turned out to to be really positive. And, and again, yeah, unfortunately, we just didn't put the cherry on top. Stay right where you are. The footballer will be right back in just a few moments' time. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late-night bus rides, from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour 93.7 
Express FM. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Football Hour here on Express FM, brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South. You can download their app right now from the Apple app and Google Play Store. You can prepay for your ticket and track your bus on a live mapping system as well. You can also visit stagecoachbus.com for even more information on the services they can provide near to you. Okay, let's go right to the text, tweets and emails before we welcome Josh and Sam back into the conversation. And we begin with this from Linda Mail. Uh, good evening to yourself, Linda. Thank you for getting in touch, by the way. She, uh, she says, it looks like another season going out with a whimper. After the promising start at the beginning of the season, this is now going the way of previous ones since winning League Two in 2017. Every year we've changed the team or manager since and we are nowhere near getting promoted. I expect this will probably happen again in the summer with new players in and out. Something needs to change this time with the way that we recruit and we need to try not to be reliant on loan players. We need to need to build a team with our own players. Otherwise, this will continue each season. And Linda continues by saying that hopefully the way the January transfer window was conducted, it will be a good recruitment this summer and we might actually achieve our goal. Play at Pompey, Linda on the emails. Thank you very much for getting in touch with the show this evening, Linda. Um, Josh, just in response to that email from Linda and some very good points raised there in regards to recruitment. Um, we've spoken it seems to be season upon season doesn't it about how the squad that Pompey have got on paper seems to be a very good one but come the end of the campaign perhaps not quite the right fit when put together um, w- would you argue that again as Linda's quite rightfully highlighted towards the end of the email that with now Richard Hughes as the sporting director with this kind of head coach um, system in place at Fratton Park something that's not really been made clear until recently are you confident now that heading into the summer there will be another rebuild? But you, are you confident that now with this new way of thinking that Pompey are finally on the right path? I think January was a good example uh, for Pompey fans to sort of have a bit of promise about it. I think modern day football is very much now the sort of sporting director and working as part of the main part of your recruitment for for the football club. Um, and obviously John Musini has been brought in to work alongside Richard Hughes. So January was impressive. Um, and I think it's going again, as you said, it's going to be a rebuild. It's going to be a big, big summer. Um, but if they can sort of bring in five, six players that are going to make a difference, then yeah, like we go again. Um, and we don't know what will probably what will happen next season. But I think, I think the main thing for me is I'd see a lot of people say that they're very critical of loans. I can, I completely understand the point, but. You've only got to look at Plymouth. Plymouth have got six, seven, five, six, seven loans, and they're at the top of the league. It's not so much uh, that we shouldn't be bringing in loans. It's we need to be going out and getting the right players that are, mm. that are going to make a difference, as opposed to getting loads of kids who are just going to fill out the squad. If you're going to go buy, uh, get a loan in, who's going to play forty games in central midfield? Yeah. Then it's it's a good signing, but it's uh, it's just about quality, not quantity, sure. of the loans. And, and the loan system um, do, does work and, and, and you can get some real gems, um, perhaps players, Sam, but otherwise you, you wouldn't be able to get on a permanent deal. You know, s- such as Dane Scarlett uh, at the start of the season, big, big promise coming from Tottenham. No team um, really below the Premier League are actually going to be able to sign someone like Dane Scarlett on a permanent deal and be able to actually afford, afford that sustainably because of the promise and the hype that he's got around him. So players sort of like that kind of ilk 
do work on a, on a loan basis. And I think Josh mentions a good point about Plymouth Argyle. They've got six loan players in. Five, of course, can only make a match day squad from, from one week to the other. And I think the best example there, Sam, Morgan Whitaker from Swansea City on loan uh, with Plymouth for the first half of the season. Top goal scorer for them. They recalled him in January, but it's not necessarily the loan system that doesn't work. It's how you adapt to that if you are kind of push back with those sort of setbacks with those players being recalled you need that kind of contingency plan to react to that very quickly yeah I think Plymouth's the prime example even you mentioned Morgan Whitaker like Finn Azaz has been brilliant this season Barley Mumber as well just just examples of, of the loan system and how, how it can work well um, I think this is probably partly why John Harley's been brought in as well because he's going to know a lot of sort of young players in the 23 system which we can probably get in over the next few years, like who's come through at Chelsea or, or similar sort of academies, which you would have seen in, in uh, competitive game situations. Um, yeah, I completely agree. I think quality over quantity is what we want. But then you look at other players we've signed, Riley Towler, for example, We want if we can get young players with high potential, which we can eventually sell on for more money, that's that's perfect. And I think the system is going to work over, over long periods of time because it's proven to have worked. And I think that again, like I said earlier on, with the it's the way modern football's going. I think, mm. um, um, yeah, and I think Pompey sort of needs to be ahead of the curve on it. Um, and hopefully this summer, which is a massive summer, as we say every year, but hopefully we can we can finally sort of kick on yeah. with this system and, and, and build upon it. Mm. Speaking of uh, signings in the January window, Josh, um, you, you both tonight have so far mentioned uh, the likes of Riley Towler, um, Paddy Lane as well. Uh, Matt Macy was another on loan from Luton Town, the goalkeeper who in the last couple of games has missed out due to an illness. He returned on Saturday at Lincoln City. Um, we won't really talk about his performance per se because I don't. I think he had quite a quiet match um, compared to perhaps recent weeks of, of goalkeepers playing for Pompey. Um, didn't really have a lot to do. I wouldn't necessarily say he was a standout performer. Neither did he make any mistakes. He was just he was there to be called upon. He, he, he did his job. Uh, so it's not really highlighting his return. Great to have him back, of course. But my question to you, Josh, um, is actually about your namesake, Josh Oluwimi, who had filled in for Matt Macy over the last couple of weeks, including shipping three goals at Plymouth, but for clean sheet on Tuesday night against Burton Albion. It, it, it does seem harsh to, to drop Josh Oluwimi, but do you think that maybe as a, as a head coach for John Bassino, with that decision to make with Matt Macy returning, do you think that was the correct decision? I do think it's the correct decision. I think you're right. It's very harsh against against Josh, but the, he, had, he had a very good game against Burton in the first half. Second half, I don't remember. I remember one save, but Burton really didn't pose any threat going forward. But I think you also have to look at the Plymouth game. He stopped that being seven or eight goals. Um, so, he, yeah, he looks like a very good shot stopper. Um, but I think he's still very he's still very much a raw talent. He's still got a lot to learn in the game. And Macy's come in and impressed already. So I think he's, he's going to be your number one. But I know, that obviously, we talk about loans and everything. I think a goalkeeper, we had a brilliant season with Gavin Bazunu, but ideally you want to own your own goalkeeper because... Mm. You can't keep dropping and change. You're not going to build a solid foundation by continuously going out and loaning a different keeper. Yeah. But he's been a very good signing. I, one thing I do want to give a shout two players I want to give a shout mm. to, who, but not very much, not actually January signings, but that very much feels like new signings. Joe Morrell and Ryan Tunnicliffe in the middle have been absolutely yeah. fantastic since January. Since John Messino came in, they, they, they players on a completely different level. 
Tycliffe looked like he was on his way out the club. Um, and most probably fans probably would have said thanks for your service, but it's probably the right time to go. Yeah. And Joe Morel probably before the World Cup didn't have the greatest starts of the season, but well, wow, they've been t- they've been absolutely fantastic, both of them, and they were both again brilliant on Saturday. Yeah, and I, I think it's safe to say, Josh, that's an opinion shared by by many Pompey fans out there since the arrival of John Vecino. Do hold those thoughts because Ryan Tunnicliffe is in particular is someone I want to be talking about a little later on the show. He does tie in with something else uh, that I want to bring up as well. But yes, absolutely right, uh, Ryan Tunnicliffe and Joe Morrell, and indeed the, the entire midfield. Um, pool that Pompey have got have been an absolute absolute revelation rather uh, under the new head coach John Musino who we are going to hear from now. He spoke to Max Swatton after the full-time whistle on Saturday at Sinsel Bank and was first asked for his emotions. I thought it was an excellent performance for, for large parts of the game and we had a pretty horrific start conceding the chance early on but after that we, we settled down and, and dealt with uh, you know, a very good and energetic Lincoln side who have got a really good home record and, and what was most pleasing for me I think is the second half where uh, from the kickoff we I thought we, we dominated we, we dominated possession, we dominated play, we created some, some good opportunities, maybe not great chances until the last 15 minutes but good opportunities and when we do create those opportunities we've got to you know, make a bit more of them I think that was uh, one thing that we're going to be working on this week but, but overall very very pleased with the performance and I think we just need to turn those into results and, and make sure that we win the game. Certainly a better second half performance. What did you say at the break? Again, it, there was a, a couple of issues around how we were going to deal with, with Diamond. That's where we thought the the essentially the, um, the majority of Lincoln's play was going to come from. And um, so uh, we, we dealt with that on the defensive side and also in possession um, we made a change in terms of the shape and, and that was to, to get one of the central midfielders on the ball a lot more and, and we showed a couple of a couple of clips where we'd actually managed to do that in the first half and we wanted more of that in the second half and um, as the game you know panned out I, I didn't think that uh, you know I didn't think that Lincoln were, were particularly able to deal with the, the threat of, of us on the ball and, and our attacking shape and, and it, it turned out to, to be really positive and, and again yeah unfortunately we just didn't put the um, the cherry on top with the goal. That shift in momentum in the in the final fifteen. What would you put that down to? Would you say it was the impact of these substitutes, possibly? I think it's yeah, it's, it's a combination of things. It's the impact of the substitutes. It's the fact that when you do come away from home, and and, and even when you're at home, when you do when you do play against decent enough sides, if you stay in the game for 70, 75 minutes, the games do open up. They open up. Lincoln put a huge shift in today, and as the game opened up, I thought we were always going to get more and more chances and more and more opportunities and, and that's one of the reasons that we made the substitutions and we made the attacking substitutions early because we, we thought that that was going to be the case on the day and, and it, it turned out to be um, pretty accurate we, we just didn't quite you know, finish, the, finish the job off You made two changes to the 11 with Matt and Tani coming in how do you think they performed? Well, I thought they were they were both excellent. It was it was um, it was good luxury to give Ryan the rest on Tuesday night and bringing in Louis, who was excellent, and I think he was probably unlucky to, to lose his place. As was Josh, who had been brilliant against Burton on Tuesday night, and unfortunately for him, Matt coming back in, I thought he was he was he was very good. He made a couple of good saves from long range efforts at the end, and, and probably a, a pretty faultless performance. So it's really good to have that squad depth and be able to change players from a Tuesday to a Saturday and, and then move seamlessly into the side. Overall, what positives do you take from today? 
Uh, there's, you know, there's plenty of positive performances and I think the biggest positive is the fact that we're really disappointed coming away from, from Lincoln at 0-0. They're a side that are unbeaten at home all season and I think we really felt that we could be the side that actually ended that streak and, and that is the, the biggest positive. It's, it sounds a bit strange but the disappointment that we're feeling now, I think all the fans are feeling, all the, all the players are feeling and and uh, I think probably they're just slight tinge of regret in, in terms of not putting them away. That's, that's a big positive. We're not coming here uh, for 0-0, we're not coming here to draw the game and there are plenty of sides that will come here and, and be very, very pleased with a 0-0 and that's not us and, and that for me is a massive positive. And no Marlon Pack again today, what's the latest with him? Yeah, unfortunately we had some, some bad news on, on a scan later on in the week where Marlon's just going to be out for a, um, an extended period so it's sort of going to be four to six weeks for Marlon but we, you know, we need to make sure we get that right so he's back hopefully before the end of the season. And you say about the disappointment from today, you've got a whole week to prepare for our next game now, how, how good is that? It's great, you know. The, the the week's preparation is is a nice luxury to have at this level, and um, what what you actually manage to do is, is to get some good work into into the players on on the Tuesday and, and the Thursday, uh, especially the the lads that have played today and, and given so much, and, and it's a really good opportunity for for them and, and for myself and for the coaching staff, and it's, it's John's first full week with us to to actually be able to build into some of the ideas or build some of the ideas into into the way we want to play, and I think it will be really beneficial for us going into the Cheltenham game. John Messino, Pompey head coach, speaking uh, at Central Bank on Saturday afternoon following his side's one all, uh, nil-nil draw rather with Lincoln City. Um, after that game, uh, John, as we just heard there, Sam mentioned uh, a, a strange point, but I think a very true one, um, saying it sounds bizarre, but, but came away from the match disappointed that they couldn't win. And he said that, that that's actually a positive. And I think heading into the game, 11 draws for Lincoln at Central Bank and Belieg for season, three wins, zero defeats. For Pompey to go there, play as well as they did um, for, for large periods of the game, um, and, and to come away not with a victory, despite that kind of record, it, it is only a positive, right? You can you can spin it as a negative because you're frustrated that they haven't come away with maximum points. But overall, given the development of the side and the performance kind of aspect of it, at least, Sam, that is a big positive. Yeah, I think it's a lot of it at the moment is about performances. Um, since Messini has come in, it's obviously a change of system. We've gone from a 4-4-2 or a 3-5-2 to a 4-3-3. Um, it's taken a bit of time to bed in. And I think it's, it's just a positive that there is progression on the pitch. And that's that's what we as fans want. If we draw nil-nil and play play relatively well, I think at this stage of the season, that's the main thing. I think as as much as we as fans would love a late-season playoff push, is that realistic? Possibly not. So it's, it's sort of about getting that foundations and, and the performances for next season ready to, to kick on again. And hopefully, I think a lot of these players are going to be here next season. And the good thing for, for us is that they can build on this for the next half of, next half of the season and... Um, Mm. sort of kick on and then make the mistakes now as opposed to next season when, when we have to be going for the playoffs and promotion. Yeah. Um, something, a real big negative to take away from the game on Saturday, Josh, was unfortunately Joe Rafferty coming off injured. Um, didn't look horrific, but he did go down um, uh, sort of with a, with a ball away from him after a challenge a few moments prior, um, holding the same leg that's kept him out for the last five months or so. We're not going to know the full extent of that injury probably until Saturday at the earliest when the team news comes out at Fratton Park at 2 o'clock and we know whether Joe Rafferty is within that match day, match day 18 or not. But if you're assuming the worst, as, as a Pompey fan, Josh, you probably would be, um, you'd probably be fair to do so, given the injury concerns we've had this season. That would be such a kick in the teeth for Pompey, wouldn't it? And so typical of how this campaign's played out so far. 
It would be. I mean, you've only got to look at his performances in the two games he's played since back. He's been the best player, pretty much arguably the best player on the pitch in both games. He's been absolutely fantastic. And it goes to show how much we've missed him and Lowry. I don't think Rafferty's lost a game for Pompey yet, the games that he's played. Um, mm. And you would probably argue that if those two hadn't got injured and had all these mysterious injuries around them, then we'd be a lot higher than we actually are. Um, I, I'm quite hopeful because... Messina came out after the game praising his performance and you'd think that if there was something bad he might have mentioned it then or might have said well it's a blow to lose him again um hopefully it was just precautionary um obviously you never know with what with everything that they uh, him and Larry have gone through recently but well, we can only hope because he's already sh- he's already been a cut above in the two games that he's been back playing yeah. Okay, it is time now for our second and final break of the Football Hour this evening. And when we do return, we'll be uh, finalising our discussion from Saturday's 0 0 draw between Pompey and Lincoln City at Central Bank. We'll have a, a small look ahead to the next game for the Blues in the weeks to come uh, for John Musino's side. It is, of course, Cheltenham Town at home on Saturday afternoon. But speaking of Cheltenham Town, speaking of the Blues, um, we will also be talking about the Pompey women. They secured a Another victory yesterday afternoon at Wesley Park. They played Cheltenham Town Ladies and won that game by two goals to nil. Later on, we'll hear the post-match comments of head coach Jay Sadler, who it was a difficult game for the women, but they got the win over the line in the end. And it really took some moments of quality from two individuals with some great goals. We'll come on to talk about that in the third and final part of the show. And Jay Sadler himself commends the fight of his team. I think at times in that second half, it did get a bit scrappy. It did get a bit tense. Even from the sidelines, I hold my hands up too. It got a little bit scrappy. And But ultimately, the girls again have found a way and it's another win, so we've got to be happy with that. 81400, the text number here at Express. Start your message with the word Express if you want to have your say over the next 20 minutes or so. Please include your name as well. Otherwise, you can email sport at expressfm.com. Find us on Twitter at expressfm. Or you can even find us on Facebook as well, facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Join us again for the third and final part of the Football Hour coming right your way in just a few moments' time. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do, for those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5, bundles of five day riders for the price of four, and Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, sponsored this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Okay, still to come this evening, we'll bring Josh and Sam back for the final comments from Saturday's goalless draw for the men. But first, we take our minds elsewhere for a few moments because there was another massive win this weekend for the Pompey women, who, following yesterday's 2-0 victory over Cheltenham Town at Wesley Park, have won six on the bounce in all competitions and also secured their 12th victory from their last 13 in all competitions in doing so. We'll hear from Jay Sadler shortly, but first, it was also another clean sheet for goalkeeper Hannah Horton, who spoke to Max Swatton shortly after the full-time whistle. Well, Hannah, 2-0 win at Wesley Park. What are your initial thoughts on that one? 
Yeah, no, decent win. Obviously, getting three points in a clean sheet is always is always good. Probably could have been and should have been a lot more and a bit more comfortable. But overall, solid performance. Defensively, was absolutely sound. So, yeah. What was the game like to play in for you in your position? Uh, it felt like quite a cagey game. Cheltenham were quite good with the ball. Uh, they did pose a threat through the wide areas and set pieces. Um, but like I said, defensively, everybody was resolute. They were strong and we got the job done. So happy days. You had a fair bit to do at your end, but what was it like to, to get that second goal? What was the, what was the feeling like when that went in? Relief. <laughs> uh, we needed that second goal, especially for all the chances that we created. Like I said, probably could have been a few more, but that's, that's football, isn't it? Sometimes they pay off, sometimes they don't. But when we got that second goal, just relief all around and we earned it as well. Another clean sheet for you. How would you sum up the defensive display? Like I said, absolutely solid. I don't really remember them having a a clear-cut opportunity as such without defensive like blocks and tackles and just the way that they, the whole team defended, not just the back line, was, was absolutely brilliant. So, yeah. And now on to Watford on Wednesday. How are you and the girls feeling ahead of that? Yeah, it's, it's another game, isn't it? So preparations start now for that. We look forward to it and we see what we can do. Hannah Horton there, a big, big part of that Pompey women team who, as we just mentioned there, have won 12 of their last 13 in all competitions. They've scored 32 goals in the process, conceding only six and also securing eight clean sheets from those last 13 matches. Hannah Horton playing a massive, massive part in Varen and her side, uh, revelation over the past few months under Jay Sadler. They are now top of the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division. They are four points clear of Oxford United in second place. However, the U's do have two games in hand on Pompey. Would you rather have the games in hand or the points on the board? Oh, it's anyone's guess, isn't it? And the Pompey women do actually play against Oxford in a few weeks' time. It's actually the second to last game of the season at Wesley Park on the, eight, uh, the 16th of April. That is uh, uh, two weeks before the final game of the season at home to Crawley Wasps on the 30th. So it's going to be an exciting end to the campaign, nonetheless, for the Pompey women. So we've heard from Hannah Horton, but now Jay Sadler, who was asked for his assessment of the match. I think it was a game we started really bright. Um, we took the game to Cheltenham. I think we pressed them really well. Um, we won a lot of first and second balls, especially in central areas. And we created a load of chances throughout the whole game. I think it was a story of missed chances, um, lack of composure. Um, Quirky's had one hit the crossbar in the first half. Ali Hall, I think she was disappointed with her miss. Um, and Leanne Bell heading the ball off the line and it just come off the back of her head. So, listen, we were happy to go in 1-0 at half-time. I think we deserved the lead. Fantastic finish by Ali Hall. Um, I think she stretched play and really caused Cheltenham problems today. But I think it's been the story of a, a few weeks, maybe not last week against Bees, but the Gillingham game as well, as we're creating loads of chances. But because we're not taking them, we're allowing teams to have a way into the game. And I think it put a little bit of pressure on our back line in that, first, in that second half to try and see the game out. But obviously, Quirky's goal, fantastic finish by her, gave us a, a little bit of a margin then to, to see the game out. How important is it for this team to, to keep finding ways to win like that? Definitely, and, and we know we can find a way to win games um, in different circumstances. However, it goes back to missed chances. If we take chances, um, then, then at least the game becomes more comfortable um, and then we can look after the ball in, in, in the right areas. I think they still wanted to press high with five and six players, so we had to try and alleviate that pressure and then try and, try and turn them over early and, and, and see where we can play in their spaces. So, 
Yeah, I think if we, if we alleviate that and we score more goals and we take our chances and we're more clinical, then at least it can alleviate the pressure off the back line and we're not having to scrap. And I think at times in that second half, it did get a bit scrappy. It did get a bit tense, even from the sidelines. I hold my hands up to it, got a little bit scrappy. And, but ultimately, the girls again have found a way and it's another win, so we've got to be happy with that. You made three changes ahead of the game with Jazz, Ali and Quirky coming in. What was the thinking there? Yeah, so the thinking was we, we've obviously got to navigate through two difficult games in, in four days. Um, we'd be naive not to have an eye on Watford too, although our full focus was on Cheltenham. But Jazz came back in today. We know Cheltenham had a lot of rotation in front and with her physical dominance in both boxes, Cheltenham are a physical team. So, um, And then Ali Hall's been been biding her time. She's been knocking on the door. Nahan has obviously been performing really well, but I thought we wanted someone that's going to stretch the plane behind today. Um, and she did that and, and obviously got her goal. Um, so, so that was a, a massive help. Um, and then with Quirky, listen, Quirky's a top, top player and she obviously missed last weekend with an ankle knock. So we were um, took our precautions with her. Um, she came in today and, and with Cheltenham playing a back three, we were able to try and get her wide, exploiting 1v1. And we know what kind of quality she brings and, and you saw it with her finish at the end too. And just to look ahead to that Watford game on Wednesday, how are you and the team feeling ahead of that one? Yeah, we're excited. Listen, we're in a really good um, we're in a really good period at the minute. Confidence is high. We're winning games of football. Um, just now need to, to keep um, pushing ourselves on. We, we know our standards are high. What we expect of this group and what the group expects of us is also high. And we need to keep maintaining that. And we're going into that game. We feel there's a lot of pressure on Watford. They've got the games in hand, but ultimately they need to put the points on the board. So we know they're a very, very good team. Um, no matter what system they play or what players they play, and they've got some really good movements. Um, they can create chances out of nothing. And we know we've got to be concentrated. So, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to, to another test for us. It's another game. And, and hopefully we can go there with a game plan and, and execute it. Jay Sadler, head coach of the Pompey women, speaking after his size 2-0 victory over Cheltenham Town at Wesley Park at the weekend. You can next hear Jay here on Express FM uh, this Saturday afternoon when Pompey Live returns from 2 o'clock with all of the unmissable action as for men to take on Cheltenham Town at Fratton Park. So Ali Hall in the first half, Sophie Quirk in the second as for Pompey women extended their lead at the top of the table. They take on Watford away from home on Wednesday night. And if you weren't at the game yesterday, I do urge you to go and watch the highlights. Two fantastic strikes either side of that half-time break to seal the maximum points for the Blues yesterday afternoon. OK, let's go back to Sam Macy and Josh Sweetman joining me now for the final 10 minutes or so of this evening's edition of the Footblower. Back um, to the Pompey men. Josh, you mentioned it earlier in the show, actually, Ryan Tunnicliffe and how he's been a bit of a revelation under John Messina, the way that he's progressed. And I just want to talk about that tackle in the second half Um down towards the touchline, near to to be away fans, actually. Um, it, it was just one of those hard-hitting, no-nonsense kind of tackles, but fully committed. Um, one slight wrong movement, and, and that's potentially a red card, but it was so pleasing for the eye, wasn't it? And it's it's rightfully so. Uh, gone a little bit viral on Pompe- uh, on social media amongst Pompey fans. Yeah, as I mean, you follow me on Twitter, JT, you've probably seen me tweet about it three or four times in the video or talking about it. That's the sort of tackle, like, as a centre-half, I love those sort of tackles, but I think Pompey fans appreciate it more because at the end of the day, Pompey fans will sing your name as long as you give 110%. And that tackle was a proper, proper old school going for it, mm. not giving the ball up and chasing it, full-blooded straight in. And as I said, like the tackle was brilliant, but his performance as well, and as I mentioned earlier, uh, since January has been brilliant. He's a sort of, it's almost like a perfect little number. I know he's a number eight, but he's sort of taking the ball 
getting it sideways and carrying it forward more. And I think that's what we're seeing with Joe Morell as well. You would quite think that Joe Morell is very much a, a forward-thinking player, but uh, one of the lads I went to um, university with, uh, sorry, college with the other day, he posted something, basically said his highlights on Tuesday. I think Morell passed the ball backwards once in the whole game, yeah. which I think for him and Tunnicliffe now, it's very much going to be try and get the ball wide, try and get it forward. Let's not let's not go backwards, let's go forwards. And that's going to be a big thing, especially next season as well. I think with Marlon Pack there, if you get Tom Lowry fit, then we've got plenty of footballers in the middle of the park that can distribute that ball and keep mm. it recycled. Um, so with the right additions in and around the attacking areas, which inevitably have been a major issue for us this season, yeah. then then we'll, we'll be a big threat. I think, as I said, I think our central midfield options, if you gave me the four that we got now for next season, I think that's mm. perfect. It's just we need to recruit around them. Yeah, arguably perhaps the strongest area for Pompey at the moment, isn't it, Sam? As Josh mentioned there, that midfield region for the Blues, Ryan Tunnicliffe has come on leaps and bounds under John Messina and this new formation, Marlon Pack as well. The experience he brings and the commitment he brings as a Pompey fan as well. Joe Morrell, Welsh international, Louis Thompson, um, ever reliable. Jay Mingy, unfortunately, out injured as things stand, but uh, a young prospect and an exciting one of that. Uh, in games that we've seen him. Do you think in the summer, um, Sam, if, if if there is going to be a bit of an overhaul of his squad, you'd like to see that midfield completely untouched and the team built around them? Yeah, I think that's the only position in the in the side which we, we don't really need to change. I think it's it's almost like if you can if you can get someone who adds to it and complements the rest of them, then then great. But if you offered me Louis Thompson, Marlon Pack, uh, Tom Lowry, Joe Morrell, etc. This time next season, I'd I'd be over the moon with that. I think um, Paddy Lane's even done a bit of a shift in midfield over the last couple of games as well, which is which mm. has been nice to see, and it's an option there. Um, but yeah, I think that that and probably uh, yeah, that, that midfield shouldn't be touched next season. That that won't be yeah. touched. I, I think that's probably the only the only position on on the pitch, probably other than maybe your fullbacks with Swanson, uh, Rafferty, and and Connor Ogilvy, which which shouldn't be touched next season. And yeah, going forward, it's, it's quite exciting to see the depth we've got in that position. Yeah. Uh, we've got a, a text here from Jeffrey uh, in, in Lockheath saying two questions. How do we get Swanson into this uh, starting eleven when fit again? And uh, does Sam stand by his comments that Rico Hackett is the best creative midfielder um, in League One? I think we're going to touch upon the Zach Swanson thing maybe on Friday night, Jeffrey. Um, and we'll talk a bit about the, the Joe Rafferty injury. Hopefully we'll have a bit more news on that. And we'll start to talk about the, the team news and the potential lineup for the game on Saturday. So we will highlight that question on, on Friday, I promise you there, Jeffrey. Um, Sam, your comments about Rico Hackett, one of the best creative midfielders in the league. Do you stand by those comments? I, I've i never said that. Uh, Rico <laughs> has been really good in the last few weeks, but I, I think that's a bit of a stretch. <coughs> Fair enough. Uh, we've got another text here. Um, no name on this one. Hi, Jake. Hi, all. Pompey. A bit, a little bit, a little bit too inconsistent this season. I'm now resigned to another year of League One football. On the other hand, the Pompey women were really good yesterday and scored two excellent goals. Hit the woodwork a couple of times too. So promotion is a real possibility this season. No name on that one. But thank you very much um, for your text there. And uh, one final one before we do love you and leave you this evening. Dave Byrne on the emails. Good evening, Jake and the guests. Another more positive performance on Saturday and another point, although uh, could and should have been more. However, with this season effectively now more of an extended pre-season for the next one, my main concern is how in future we limit the number of injuries that has cost us so dearly this year. 
Marlon Pack is the latest to be ruled out for a significant number of matches. Such a key player for us and a player that has been uh, comparatively injury-free throughout his career. And very good point that raised by Marlon Pack. We mentioned the injuries to the likes of Ronan Curtis, now back within the team, Joe Rafferty. Kind of back in the team now, maybe potentially out of it. Um, Jay Mingy's still out as things stand. Zach Swanson could potentially be returning within the next week or two, according to John Messino. But Marlon Pack is uh, suspected to be out for the next four to six weeks. Um, so some bad news uh, on, on the injury front in regards to Marlon Pack. Um, Dave does continue the email by saying, I know injuries happen in all levels of sport, but uh, are all the injuries suffered this season simply bad luck? Hopefully Richard Hughes will get to the bottom of it and we can have less team disruption moving forward. Joe Rafferty's comeback performances have provided one example of what we have missed, and that is no disrespect to Zach Swanson, whose breakthrough has been one of uh, too few highlights this season. We can only guess where we would be uh, had we been able to fill the team from our first 10 games more consistently. Joe Rafferty, Tom Lowry, Clark Robertson, Jay Mingy, Zach Swanson, Marlon Pack, Louis Thompson, Michael Jacobs and Ronan Curtis. That is nine out of the match day 18 and the majority would have started when fit. Uh, so we'll end this evening's show on that note uh, that Pompey have been absolutely plagued by injuries for the, the entirety really of this campaign and uh, unfortunately that doesn't seem to be let off as we head into the latter stages of February. Uh, nine players out as things down potentially Joe Rafferty too we'll hear hopefully more on that one um, before the next edition of the Football Hour this Friday where I'll be joined by two more Pompey fans to preview Pompey's home game against Cheltenham Town on Saturday okay thank you very much to Josh Sweetman for joining us on the Football Hour this evening Josh have an incredible evening thank you very much for calling in tonight thanks as always Jake and uh, likewise the same goes to Sam Macy Sam it has been a pleasure as always and I hope to hear from you again very soon Cheers, mate. Always a pleasure. And of course, thank you to the Pompey fans and all of those who have got in touch via the text tweets and emails throughout the course of the show and to those who have just generally listened in as well. I'll be back on Friday, but Pompey Live returns this Saturday from two o'clock. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. Pompey weren't able to end Lincoln's unbeaten home record on Saturday as they drew nil-nil at Sinsel Bank. Ogilvy is going to head that back forward. Take it with a flick on. Colby Bishop is onside. Colby Bishop over the bar. What a chance. That should have been the winner. The Blues return to Fratton Park next to face Cheltenham Town. Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday afternoon from 2. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. So, no midweek game for the Blues this time around, meaning your next Pompey fix comes this Saturday from 2 o'clock here on 93.7 Express FM. Pompey Live returns with full build-up, half-time analysis and post-match reaction, including full live commentary as well from Andy Moon and the returning Guy Whittingham as the Blues take on Cheltenham Town at PO4. But that might be your next Pompey fix, but not quite your next football fix here on the station. Henry Deacon returns with Over the White Line this Wednesday from 6 and I'll be back with two more Blues fans this Friday night from 6pm to preview that game against Cheltenham Town and we'll also be discussing uh, in a bit of depth about the Pompey women's game against Watford this Wednesday hopefully another victory for Jay Sadler's side you can catch up with the latest updates on that one on social media if you're not heading to the game at Pompey Women uh, with all of the live commentary of that one okay coming up here on Express FM this evening Jeff and Ada back with the Soft Rock Show 
somewhere between 7 and 9, which is when the alternative, alternative 80s is here between 9 and 11 through to the early hours of Tuesday morning. Uh, Ian James returns with Express Breakfast from 6.30. Paul Marsh turns up back at 10 o'clock with your uh, mid-morning to early afternoon show. That's all from me this evening here on the Football Hour. Thank you once again for listening. I'll be back on Friday night, but until then, have a great week, stay safe and play at Pompey. Good night.